Hey guys, it's Maddie O'Hare and I'm super excited to be back with the Flames for another season. Tune in to Shooting the Breeze podcast Fridays at 4pm. Joining us today on Shooting the Breeze is returning flame Maddie O'Hare. Maddie, welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, really well, thanks. Maddie, you're going to be back for the next season. How do you feel about that? I'm super excited. I know we have um, a new group coming in, but the second season being this frog, I think it'll be really good that we kind of have the returning girls kind of have a head start on the way that she coaches and the play she um, runs. I really enjoyed what Frog kind of instilled last year. She was, she was like super competitive. So yeah, I'm really excited to just meet all the new girls and get back on the court and kind of have a bit of new chemistry with the new group coming in. Yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting with the new lineup. It's going to be very different with everybody sort of getting used to one another and also potential delays on getting the whole team together. Have you been like talking with any of the uh, of the players to sort of start getting comfortable with them and sort of just feeling out how they're going to be or what they're thinking about in the upcoming season? Yeah, Frog, I think it was about a month ago or so, she put us all in a group message together so like everyone was able to say hi to each other, which was nice. And the girls that have been in Sydney have been doing like a bit of individuals and shooting with Frog and just talking over like what's coming up in the season and Karen and Frog have been really good with updating us on the changes that are obviously happening with coronavirus and all of that. So, yeah, they're keeping us in the loop, which is good. And with things changes, everyone just needs to adapt. But it's good. I play with May in the off-season, so we're still building our chemistry there. But, yeah, I'm really excited to meet all the new girls when pre-season does start, which is looking like the end of September, I'm thinking. Yeah. It's actually not that far away when you really think about it. It's only about I know. so scary. It is a bit. Maddie. You started playing basketball around eight and spent your time playing for North Bears and picked up an MVP twice and some state championships. How was that for you in the, the early stages of your career? Yeah, so I did start playing at eight and I was like talking about this with mum, just getting a bit of a rehash. So I did play at eight and apparently I quit for a couple of years because I was in an all boys team and absolutely hated it. It was never possible. But yeah, I played North from double bottom age, under 12s up until 18 and the year out of that. I have some like lifelong friends from playing at North and some really good memories. We went to under 14 nationals which was a pretty cool one, playing against teams from all over Australia. I think we went to the Melbourne Classic most years. We came second one year, which was pretty cool. And, um, yeah, played in a lot of state championships. I think we won about three. We just had a really good group of girls that went through. And, yeah, we all played really well together. Great. It's interesting you took some time off because you didn't actually follow the, the typical path, which most players seem to be wanting to follow nowadays, of going to college in the US. You took a gap year instead. How did you come to that decision? That's a great question. So I think I just like during my time at high school worked really hard studying and I always did love and enjoy basketball, but I think I just really wanted that break and a lot of my friends were going over and doing a gap year in Europe. So Tina Lodigan set me up for a six-month job at Basketball New South Wales. I was actually the receptionist there. And then I went over to Europe for about five to six months. Yeah, just traveling all over with a small group of friends and I absolutely loved it. And I think that, yeah, that time off having that six months, or probably more about a year that I had off basketball, really just showed me how much I missed it and kind of reignited that spark for really loving basketball. 
while you were over in Europe, where did you visit? Oh, all over the shop. Literally, because I was there for so long, we did go all over. But some of my favourite places were... I really loved Berlin in Germany. We also went down to Munich and did the Oktoberfest, which is a pretty fun experience. Yeah, loved all the beach places in Portugal, um, Spain. But yeah, all over the shop and it was such a fun time, honestly. Must have been hard coming home after that, after a trip like that. I know, it is. It's a bit, yeah, that's the reality, <laughs> but but no more no more hostel beds, no more shared bathrooms. So it kind of was nice coming home at the end, a bit exhausted. <laughs> Being away, did you find that you really felt yourself recharged and ready to get back into basketball? Yeah, it was a bit of a funny one. So I came back probably, yeah, just before Christmas time. And I was kind of like, oh, what, like, should I just go and shoot a bit? Like, what's kind of, you know, I didn't really know what were my plans for the following year. And then I think it, um, an email came out or someone linked me. I think it probably was my mum, to be honest, about the Sparks trial. So the Sydney Uni Sparks Seaball team. So it was the first year that they were having a team. And those trials literally came up probably a month or two after my return from being overseas. And I went along to those and then got into that team, which was super cool. It was an interesting couple of seasons with the Sparks in the Siebel competition. You got an opportunity to mix it up with WNBL players. Also, the coaching staff for the Sparks was was pretty interesting. How did you find having someone like Snelly as a coach? Oh, Snelly was absolutely wonderful. You could tell that she was cool because she obviously had so many years under her belt as a player. So her training, she just kind of led us scrimmage and she really knew coach from like how a player loves to be coached so we scrimmaged heaps at training she didn't instill too many guidelines she kind of let us play a lot yeah absolutely love that so the sparks is honestly some of my favorite memories playing this may um susie yeah all of those girls it was just such a fun time and yeah playing against the wmbl players i think i was only yeah 18 19 20 it kind of really showed me like the potential I had measuring up against those girls and it was quite confronting at the start of the, the increase in pace and definitely the smarts of the older player. That's something I'm still working on. I haven't quite got there yet, but yeah, it was awesome playing in the seatball competition. There were some really good games to watch. The crowds weren't that big, but I think they all really enjoyed the quality of the games that, were, that they were able to see there. How did you find some of the teams that you played against? Did you find that the standard of play was sort of up there with what you were expecting or was it higher than what you were expecting? It was definitely higher than playing in, in like the Waratah or the my junior levels. But what was exciting about playing for the Sparks is because we were such a new team, there weren't as many expectations placed on us. So we didn't go into any game thinking, oh, we have to win this or we're going to lose this. We just kind of went in with a bit of like, Ignorance is bliss, you can say. So we kind of just went in and every game, played our game, played really hard, which is exciting. So to be honest, I, as a player who hadn't played at the WNBL level, I didn't know all of the names of the players who were really good or their tendencies. So I was kind of playing them straight up and it kind of gave me a little bit of a confidence boost, not knowing exactly where they might have played before how good they are. But yeah, it was awesome playing against the girls. Yeah, we had some really tough games against. It was Melbourne Tigers, Dandenong. They were always really good, those teams. There were some tough games. I remember being able to watch some of those and I thought there was some really interesting competition going on. Did you find that having played against some of the girls that you came up against in the WNBL, it gave you a bit of an insight into what their game would be? 
Yeah, for sure. We always got a very detailed scouting report, which is something that I've learned about playing the WNBL and Seaball. You have to be very prepared with the scout and knowing the other players' tendencies. But yeah, definitely going from that junior level, you can't, as the older I've gotten, you can't just rely on, say, your natural athleticism or speed or stuff like that. You really have to work on all those little things. So you're smart, being cool under pressure, your outside shot, because the higher up you get, the more noticeable those kind of weaknesses are. And that's definitely what I learned playing in the Seaball. You just really have to work on all those little things to be a really well-rounded player and kind of match up with those WNBL players and learn from little moves they do and things like that. One of the things that I wanted to, to touch on is you're pretty fearless on the court. That was obvious right back from your days playing for the Sparks and you carried it across to the Flames. How do you prepare yourself for a game when you know that you know, you've got to be up there and playing hard. What's your approach to preparing for a game? Preparing for a game day, it's a good question. I like to not kind of stay indoors all day. I kind of like to get outside and be in the sun a bit, maybe go for a walk. Lots of coffee does do the trick, <laughs> especially when we're on the road, um, things like that. It's nice to be around the girls. I like, yeah, being around the girls, going out for brunch. Yeah, preparing for game day. I'm not too strict on, like, I have to do the same thing every time. Definitely getting in the zone. Being there early can't be late, but yeah. Any favourite coffee places, if it's a few coffees that help you get ready for a game? Oh, so around me, there's some good places. And I live on North Side, so my local is a place called Birdwood. They do the best coffee, but I am just a sucker for lots of instant. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> Part of your prep is is a few cups of coffee and get yourself revved up with that to to help along the way, right? Yeah. (laughs) Is this something that you touched on a bit? You didn't go to college. You had a very different kind of experience in terms of pathways into the more senior leagues. Can you talk to us, to the listeners, about the pathways for New South Wales players that are available and what you think those pathways give to the players in terms of trying to get into those leagues? Yeah, definitely. So... I think I made about year 11 or year 12 when I decided that college probably wasn't going to be for me. And one of the main reasons for that was because I was very, like, I was very focused on wanting to complete a degree here in Sydney, in Australia, because I know that sometimes when you do the college degrees, particular ones don't count back here. So I was pretty focused. I worked hard during the HSC and decided that I did want to study in Sydney and particularly Sydney Uni. So for younger players, I think there is just, you have really have to understand there is those options to work your way out through pathways in Sydney and Australia. So just working your way through the junior clubs and exposing yourself to um, different states at like the nationals. I played nationals not in 16s, but I played in 18s and 20s. So that's an awesome experience. You get to play against the people your age and then really working your way up into the Waratah League and performing at your best in the Waratah League can like allow you or moving down to play in the WNBL one can allow you to get exposure to playing at those high levels and those coaches and maybe getting a call up to the development player roles in the WNBL. So yeah, I'm pretty sure that's a good <laughs> little brief explanation of the pathway. And do you think that the the pathways give players enough opportunities to really shine or do you think that there's any opportunities to try and improve pathways for players? I do think having that 
Seaball team playing down in Melbourne was a massive benefit to me. And I know that they don't have that anymore, which I think is quite sad, honestly, for the younger players coming through because I feel like playing down in that Melbourne league did expose me to um, some of the better players, obviously, because it's so saturated with the um, WNBL players. And it kind of forced me to improve my basketball at a quicker pace, I, I think you could say. So I think it is quite disappointing that they don't have that stable anymore. But I know that is out of people's control and they're trying to um, strengthen the individual state. So I do understand the reasoning behind it. But yeah. Yeah, well, hopefully there'll be opportunities for players to be able to go up against those teams, as you mentioned. One of the things that I did want to also touch on, you've done quite a bit of work to get yourself to quite an interesting degree that you're taking in at university. Can you talk us through what you're doing? So I study at Sydney Uni and I'm doing a Bachelor of Commerce Liberal Studies. The Liberal Studies just means instead of a three-year degree, it's actually a four-year degree. And it gives you a bit more flexibility to do subjects from different disciplines. And the majors that I'm doing are accounting and marketing. And they're quite different. I think I'm definitely more focused on the accounting. I've kind of had a bit of work experience in both. And I'm much more of a numbers person. I really do enjoy the accounting. So, yeah, that's my degree. It's in uni. That's a very different pathway to a lot of the players who tend to focus on, um, and understandably, the sports degrees. What is it about accounting that really and, and numbers that you find interesting? Yeah, so I actually did have that kind of same mindset as a lot of other basketball players. I was quite interested in physio and maybe doing a sports science degree. But I think when I completed school, I wanted to start with something quite broad. So I just enrolled in commerce, which is just a business degree. Yeah, I was lucky enough to get the marks to get into that. And wasn't until I started at uni, when you start a commerce degree, you have to start quite broad. So you're doing economics, stats, accounting. You start doing quite a broad range of subjects. Um, and it wasn't until I kind of enrolled in the accounting subject that I found a passion for it, which sounds quite lame. But yeah, I really enjoy the kind of, I have a very analytical brain I think I'd like to say so yeah really getting to the bottom of problems and the kind of the black and white nature of it it's like finding the exact number is I do enjoy that but yeah I've really enjoyed accounting a subject I did recently was financial statement analysis and the good thing about Sydney Uni is they always get you working on real case examples so we're looking at um, Qantas's financial statements and also looking at companies like Billabong that have gone um, into liquidation and looking at kind of their financial statements and kind of red flags as to why they might have gone into liquidation. So very interesting, I think. (laughs) Sounds probably quite nerdy, but yeah. Sometimes you don't really know what you're going to be interested in until you get exposed to something that you may not have ordinarily had an opportunity to get exposed to. Do you see yourself kind of, you know, applying that analytical skill that you're obviously developing as part of your accounting into your sports in terms of analysing how other teams play, the sort of moves that they make, kind of plays that they run? Uh, do they do this more often than that? Do, do you think that that's going to help you in that area? That's actually a really um, good question. But yeah, I think I think you're actually exactly right. I kind of do carry that mindset into the sporting world as well. Like definitely hey, this this move or this defensive play worked last time against them. We should do it again or it worked against a similar player. So I definitely have that kind of mindset where I'm comparing players and moves I might have done against them to see how they might work again. So yeah, I think you're, you're definitely right. 
maybe you should have a chat to, to Karen and Frog and see about putting accounting on the on the slot for <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> you were saying that you've had some, some practical experience. Is there any, any more practical experience on your horizon? So I did, um, yeah, unfortunately just lose my most recent job, as did a lot of people, which is which is okay. But yeah, I worked as a accounting assistant doing income tax returns, and I also did a bit of marketing as well. And I've also just received a job offer, so that's a, it's a summer internship, and that's at Deloitte working in auditing. So pretty keen to um, get another taste for the professional world in auditing. Yeah, I think the summer vacational role, which I have, they get you working on quite a different number of areas within auditing so that when you're graduating your degree, you kind of know, have more of an idea of what area you want to go into. So I don't start that one till summer, but I'm pretty excited. That sounds like a great opportunity, especially with an organization as large as Deloitte. There'll be no shortage of interesting things to do, I'm sure. Now, I'm going to ask you a question that's totally unrelated to anything we've talked about so far. And that question is, I want to know what movie character do you most associate yourself with and why? Oh, good question. I'm going to struggle with this one. As much as I'd like to think I watch a lot of movies, I just don't. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I fill my time up with too much else. What movie character would I be? Okay, I'm going to go Incredibles and I'm going to go Elastigirl because I actually do get called by my friends that I'm a noodle. So I think that's quite fitting. And Elastigirl's cool. And Incredible is a good movie. Okay. I'm happy with that decision. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's a good one. I'm pretty impressed with that one. <laughs> I know it's not a question that you expect, but hey, you know, it gives us an idea of, of who Maddie is. Look, looking forward to the upcoming season, I know, you know, there's so many unknowns around this. What do you think is going to be the biggest challenges for you this season? Biggest challenges for me this season, I think having a bit of time off, it is always a bit scary coming back into a new group and a new season because there's so many unknowns. But I think for me, a challenge is to just get out of my own head and just be confident in myself and in the team and putting trust in Frog. I know she put a lot of trust in me last season. I had an awesome opportunity to play out on the court, which is all any player really wants is to get the opportunity to play out on the court. But yeah, I think for me... The challenge is to just work really hard at training and to earn my minutes on the court like I did last season. I think Frog's pretty good in the way that if you're impressing her at training and working hard, you're going to be rewarded. So yeah, I think for me, just working on my weaknesses, which is probably still getting stronger in the gym, working on my outside shot and really doing those little things when I get out on the court, I think I'll be rewarded with game time and yeah. It's potentially going to be an interesting season, particularly also with the team splitting its time between Kudos and Bryden Stadium. How do you feel about the idea of being able to play at those two very different venues? Yeah, good question. I absolutely love the Bryden Stadium so much. It's a little bit smaller, a little bit intimate. And of course, we've trained there all the time. So it's got that like a little bit of a homey feel to it. But yeah, playing out at Kudos is also very cool. I think we played there twice last season and a couple of times the season before. But yeah, just playing in such a large stadium as well. And I think it will be cool when we're partnering with the um, Kings to have the crowds that come in earlier because they're going maybe going to the Kings and really putting up 
the relationship between the Kings and Flames and getting more of maybe the younger boys coming to watch the Flames. I think it would just be really cool to build up a bigger fan base is opportunity at that stadium to do so. I think it's going to be really great for women's basketball generally in Sydney and just generally raising the profile of the team. But I'm also interested in understanding with this upcoming season, do you think you're going to have, with this new mix of players coming in, more opportunities for you to be able to shine? Yeah, I'm definitely, I'm excited to get back on the court and meet the new girls. I know there's a lot of similar kind of players to me coming in, which is always exciting. Like a lot of, a bit of younger players who just really like to get out and run and gun. So I'm really excited to um, play my role like I did last season, which was coming on the court, bringing a lot of energy and kind of stepping up from that role as well and taking it to the basket a bit more, taking, being more confident with my outside shooting. So yeah, each season I have grown in confidence within the team and that comes from like being around the players and growing in confidence with the coach. So yeah, Frog's definitely giving me a lot of confidence to once I make my improvements, you know, bring those onto the court, which is definitely my outside shooting. So I'm super excited. <laughs> I mean, when you think about it, you're actually one of the longer term players for the team this season. I know. How scary is that? <laughs> I, was, I, I was thinking about that today. I was like, Sinead's been there for five seasons and this would be my fourth season, including my year as a development player. <laughs> Young but old within the Flames team. <laughs> you know, I, I think having watched you play over the seasons, I think there's going to be a lot of really great opportunities for you in the upcoming season. And I also think this is going to be a really interesting mix of players that's going to be hitting the court for the Flames. Do you think with the mix of players, there's any particular areas where the Flames will be really pushing other teams? Yeah, for sure. Um, when I started to see the team list coming together, I was just like, wow, we have a super competitive team that really likes to get after it, which I think definitely suits my style of play and Frog's coaching style. So yeah, I think we'll have, I don't think we'll have the biggest or tallest team, but we'll definitely have a really fast team who's got to bring, can bring a lot of energy and push other teams defensively and do those little things which I'm excited for. It's the way I like to play. I think it's the way Frog likes the team to play, so I think put together a really good team. I'm super excited. Yeah, and all the fans are going to be really looking forward to the upcoming season uh, based off the announcements. Maddie, I'd really like to say thank you so much for your time and coming on the podcast. Certainly, we'd love to touch base with you later on in the season, and it's been great to have you on the show. Thank you so much. This has been a lovely chat with you. <laughs> Maddie O'Hare, thank you. Thank you so much.